if the Seattle management isn't giving you their time of day, what makes you think that Jerry Jones is going to listen to you? Sometimes they're blowing teams out by ten. Come on now. When they're on, they're on. Again, I'm going to need you to write LeBron a letter, send it to him, and say, LeBron, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to hop off your bandwagon. Don't do that. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which going on basketball fans we are back with the posting up podcast i am joined by sean scanlon and hopefully soon to be joined by um king's a as well jace garcia of course running the behind the scene production and uh sean a lot of good basketball going on as of late so uh the first thing i wanted to get into here is um new orleans uh as in the pelicans are two and a half games back of the Spurs for the final play-in spot in the Western Conference. This is a team a couple weeks ago we talked about uh, didn't really we didn't think had a chance to you know um, shorten that gap and they certainly have done that. They've been playing pretty well as of late. Zion especially has been playing very very well. Um, basically, Sean, I just want to know: Do you think that uh, the Pelicans are good enough to make a push for this ten seed? I don't at this point. Um, obviously, they've been closing the gap a little bit because the Spurs have been struggling. But the Pelicans, they're just terrible at the end of games. Um, you know, they've been in a lot of close games, uh, especially as of recently. But they're either, you know, blowing big leads, you know, having costly turnovers late, or they just don't have a clutch shooter to show up. And I think the two and a half games is just too too far away, especially with only eight or nine games left. And if you look at the Pelicans' schedule, they play mostly playoff teams the rest of the way. They got the 76ers, the Warriors again, who they, they obviously lost uh, by 15 to the other night. And then uh, Grizzlies, Hornets, Mavs, and the Lakers, who all playoff teams right now. So I just don't see it happening for the Pelicans. If they had some easier competition down the stretch, then maybe I could see them making a push. But they, they usually play down to uh, greater opponents, so I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, uh, f- f- the thing with the Pelicans for me, Sean, like you said, you, they're horrible down the stretch. They they can't seem to close out games. And, you know, there's games where they have significantly large leads and and blow them, or 
they're really behind and they just are, you know, they're kind of close and they can't just make up the ground. So the only thing that gives me hope though, is that there are eight or nine games left and, you know, the Spurs, while they do have one of the greatest coaches of all time, don't get me wrong. I don't think they're uber talented. I, I think that the Spurs are not bad enough, but decent enough team where the Pelicans, if they play, you know, I always say basketball is a game of runs. If the Pelicans can win, well, let's say six out of the last eight games and say the Spurs do the opposite and lose six out of their last eight, I don't see that being totally out of the realm of possibility. But um, certainly an interesting thing uh, coming down with the Pelicans. I'd love to get Isaiah's opinion, but we know he's up to something else right now that we won't share on the air here. Um, nothing bad, just just some private things. Um, uh, another question I have, Sean, about the Pelicans is looking forward to the future. Uh, who's one player, one move, or one what, what what's one move you think could kind of take this team to the next level? Because I personally, I thought Brandon Ingram coming out and being you know that most improved player last year, looking good, averaging over twenty a game. I thought that would do it. I thought him and Zion would be pretty good together, but obviously it's not working out that way. Do you think they need to add someone else, or is it just about getting the right pieces around Zion and B.I.? Yeah, I think that they need a defensive playmaker. Um, obviously, this team, they have a lot of offensive weapons, like you said, with Zion, Brennan Ingram, uh, Lonzo Ball, who has improved this year, and uh, some other pieces. But I just don't think – with the loss of Drew Holiday, I think they lost a lot. Uh, Drew Holiday is one of the best, you know, wing and guard defenders in the league. And I think that, you know, they really dropped off ever since then. Not like they were going to be a, a great team, but I think that if they can go out and, you know, get a, a top tier defender, I, uh, I don't know, some names that would come to mind and maybe like Robert Coverton or uh, I don't know, just any top top tier wing defenders, someone like that, I think could really help this team because uh, they have the offensive talent to score with any team. It's just late game down the stretch. They can't stop the other teams. So I think someone that could maybe give you a, a three and D type player. I think that would definitely help out the Pelicans. Uh, hey, Isaiah, what's going on? Man? Um, Sorry about that. Oh, no, you're okay. Hope you're doing well. Um, so we're just so, talking, we, me and Sean both think that the, um, Pelicans, it's pretty far-fetched for them to get into that 10th seed um, in the West right now. Even though they are only two and a half games back, I did mention that you know the Spurs aren't the greatest of teams, and I could see the Pelicans getting hot and the Spurs getting cold and the Pelicans getting in that way. you think the Pelicans got any shot of a 10th seed this year, or do you think it's kind of out of reach at this point? I mean, I don't want to say anything's out of reach because honestly, anything could happen in these last seven games, but I would say it's going to be a task for them to do it. It's not going to be something easy. It's definitely going to be a task to say it's out of reach would be crazy. Like I said, anything is possible, but um, you hope they get it. I mean, the NBA technically created this system last year in order to get the Pelicans basically into the playoffs. <laughs> so it would seem, you know, useless if they use it two years in a row and it doesn't get them in. Cause then all it did was really make LeBron mad. So, could they get in? Maybe, but obviously, like I said, seven games left, it's going to be a task. Yeah, and, you know, I'm glad you brought up that LeBron <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> that's something else I wanted to just bring up quickly. Um, didn't really hear much out of him when the Lakers were towards the top of the standings, but now it is kind of getting real for them. Uh, they are only a game ahead of where that play-in line rests right there are the Western Conference standings. Lakers did move up to fifth with a win last night, but you see only a game 
separates them from Portland. Um, and obviously LeBron is going to be out two games next week. So it was just announced that the Lakers will miss um, – or LeBron will miss two games next week, one including against that Trailblazer team. So that could be, that could be very, very important for the Lakers. Um, basically, Isaiah, I'll start with you since you just joined us here. Um, what do you make of this whole LeBron play-in situation, how he was kind of quiet towards the beginning and now he's getting loud because it's, it's kind of kicking in for him? Well, one, he's 36 years old, and I wouldn't want to be in a play-in at that age when you're trying to catch Jordan in rings. That's just silly. And um, two weeks ago, I probably would agree with him when the Knicks were in, like, eighth place. Uh, I'd probably be like, yeah, I hate the play-in tournament, but I guess it's all about where you're sitting. It's favorable when, you know, when you're in the top four seeds, top five seeds, you know, then it's a favorable situation. But since his team isn't in that situation no more, obviously he's bothered, he's irked because – he could possibly miss the playoffs and be a team that was going to be a six or seven seed and miss the playoffs just because they lost the game in the playoffs. So, and in the playing. So I can understand where frustration comes from, but then again, you, you know, you can't be both ways. You can't be happy when your team is in the top and then upset when your team is in the bottom, you got to go both ways with it. Right. Uh, Sean, what do you make of LeBron kind of causing a, a fuss over the uh, play tournament there? I'm a big LeBron fan, but uh, I <clears throat> I think that you know it's at this point you can't you can't be uh, hypocritical about it. I I saw a tweet the other day. I actually I just pulled it up. Uh, LeBron in late March 2020, he says you got Portland, you got Memphis, New Orleans, and Sacramento tinkering around there. So if there's five or ten games left, why not let these guys battle out, make them play each other, all five games. So I mean he was he was all with it last year when the Lakers were doing fine and well in the top four seeds, but now that they've been struggling a little bit, obviously he has that quote the other day. So I mean I love LeBron, but you you can't be hypocritical about it. I mean, uh, I you I mean, it's just I I was pretty uh, thrown off when I saw it. I obviously I mean LeBron, it, if you do get into the play-in games, I mean I think the Lakers will get out of there secure and fine, but. If LeBron's injury uh, continues, then I don't know. Uh, it's it's not looking great for them. But for LeBron, you can't be hypocritical. You got to stay uh, one way about it. And obviously, a year later, it, it comes back to bite him. Yeah. So uh, looking at the playoff bracket once again, um, obviously the winner of nine ten faces the loser of seven eight because the winner of seven eight would get the seventh seed. Um, so right now it's looking like some pretty good matchups. Uh, Lakers Clippers in the first round certainly is exciting. Uh, Warriors Suns could be an intriguing um, matchup if the Warriors could get hey, yeah, yeah. that let's, seventh seed. Let's um, let them get to the playoffs first. <laughs> yeah, hey, oh, I'm just saying, you know, Steph Curry, anything is possible. Uh, New York and Atlanta, a very very enticing first round matchup to Sweet. see. Hey, you know, one of those. Teams, I'm one for the underdog. One of those teams getting to the second round would sure be a miracle in my eyes. And, you know, it would be sad that they get 4-0 swept by the Sixers, but that's just how life works sometimes. Um, how, how did that go last year? I believe I saw Joel and B crying out the stadium. If I that was the year before. That was the year before? When Kawhi broke his heart. There, there were circumstances last year. There were circumstances. Ben Simmons didn't play. Come on. Um, anyways. <laughs> we'll get into our first game break of the day, get you some games we're looking forward to coming up this week. But uh, first, we'll run you guys an ad from Clovercrest Media. Manning lobs it. Burris alone. Touchdown, New York. It's off the Leonard. Defended by Simmons. Is this the tagger? 
ball, right field. Grossman back, track, wall, see ya, into the second deck. A grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge, and the Yankees are pouring it on. For the latest news throughout the sports world, tune in to Sports Talk with R&J every Wednesday at 1 p.m. I didn't need to see that Kawhi <laughs> Leonard shot again. That was right I'm not here. happy with you, Jace. You should know better than that to run that on my show. I'm just joking, but that That's does boring. that does break my heart a little bit every time I see that. Um, so we're gonna get into some games we're looking forward to. Sean, why don't you give us uh, your game first here? All right, uh, I'm gonna go Wednesday at eight o'clock. It's gonna be the Wizards and the Bucks. Um, obviously, Russell Westbrook had a tremendous game last night with 14 points and 20 plus rebounds and assists. So them going against the Bucks, I, I think the Bucks, you know, they they still have a realistic shot at two or one seed, but it's gonna be pretty tough. So it's gonna be a big game for them. Obviously, a big game for the Wizards trying to uh, stay in that playing tournament, maybe even move up to the nine seed. So uh, big. I, most of these games coming down the stretch have big implications, but I think for both these teams, they're both playing well at the right time, so it's going to be a fun Eastern Conference matchup. Uh, what game do you got, though, Zay? Like Sean said, most of these games have huge playoff implications. My game, though, is probably going to be our game of the day tomorrow. It's probably going to be the Nuggets versus the Knicks. That's going to be a huge game. Knicks winners of their last 11 of 12, so you put that in there it's going to be, you're talking about one of the what's the top teams against the west it starts this gauntlet where you're going to play the nuggets the clippers and then the suns so it ought to be interesting to see how the knicks handle this situation hopefully get a win right off the bat or probably one of the probably easier teams of that of the three to beat at this moment but obviously you know anything anything can go so but that's my game next week um excuse me tomorrow it's going to be the nuggets and knicks yeah uh, so for me, uh, we're talking about huge games with big playoff implications by Saturday. I'm sure a lot of things will be shaken up, so we'll see where we're at at that point. But um, two teams mixed up in the play-in situation right now, the Spurs and the Trailblazers going head-to-head uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday night. Uh, that should be a great one. Obviously, Damian Lillard is showtime. Anytime you can watch a Damian Lillard game, um, you're in for a treat. So, uh, obviously, the Spurs, Greg Popovich trying to stay in the playoffs. Uh, I know they missed last year, but he can continue his um, his playoff berths, you know, add just add more to the resume, taking a team that no one really thought much of coming into this season, uh, taking them to the playoffs. So, uh, that would be that's going to be an interesting game for me to watch if the uh, playoff situation is still the same come Saturday night, but hopefully it'll be even spicier than it is now. Um that being said, we'll get into our I mean, second no, topic. No, I hope it's fine. I hope it stays exactly the way it is. Hey, well, this is Western Conference, so you can hope for spice in the West. Yeah. Um, anyways, we're going to get into our um, second topic of the day. And speaking of LeBron, we were talking about him last uh, segment. Um, and Zay kind of made a face when Sean said that the Lakers would probably be fine in the play-in tournament. So I'm excited to hear what Zay has to say about this. They're struggling right now. They've lost six of their last eight. Like I mentioned, uh, LeBron will miss his second and third consecutive game in a row coming this week uh, against the Clippers and the Trailblazers. Uh, If L.A. falls in the play-in, Isaiah, are they in trouble? I think they are. If you look at how Elliott played recently, even with LeBron back on the court, they haven't really been themselves or or even the, uh, their former selves. They don't look 
like the LA team of earlier this year or last year. So they're going to have to try to figure it out. And I don't think they'll have enough time to figure it out. I think getting LeBron healthy, his comments last week that he don't think he'll ever be healthy again. I think that has to stay lingering in your head also. And to think that Anthony Davis right now probably can't do it all on his own. So if they get into a playing situation, you're talking about a trailblazers team. That's hot. You're talking about Curry. Who's dropping 40 a night. You can end up losing one of those games and be completely out of the playoffs. And it only takes one game. This is not a three game series, seven game series. This is one game for it all, basically. So I don't like the Lakers chances at all. Yeah. The horrible stat right there, Jace. Um, that's not good at all. Sean, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I think, you know, obviously if LeBron doesn't come back and he ends up being out for the rest of the year because due to the ankle injury, I think it definitely will hurt their chances. And I think they could be in trouble. But I think it's important to remember the seven or eight seed, they have to lose twice in the playing scenario for, uh, I mean, to for the other team to jump ahead of them for the eight seed. So I just don't see either the, any of the teams below them beating the Lakers twice. Uh, even if LeBron's gone, I think that AD – Coming back from injury, he was a little rusty at first, but he played tremendous last night, dropping 25 against the Nuggets, and they, they got a huge win against the Nuggets team, who has been playing well, even with Jamal Murray injury. So I think that it's if LeBron doesn't come back, they're definitely going to need uh, somebody like Kuzma or KCP or someone to step up and be that second cog, or maybe even Andre Drummond to Anthony Davis. But I think that Anthony Davis, he could at least – I'm not sure about maybe the first round or – even the second round of no LeBron, but I think they could get out of the play-in uh, game scenario with just AD and, and his dominance because I think he's getting back to form. Yeah, certainly Anthony Davis getting back into his um, elite form would be nice for that Lakers team. Um, but as Isaiah mentioned, uh, anything's possible down the stretch here. And like you did mention, Sean, uh, the Lakers would have to lose twice because I doubt they're going to fall down to the, the ninth seed out there in the West. Uh Seems a little far-fetched, but we uh, Isaiah did bring up earlier that we said that they wouldn't even fall to the 7 or 8 um, in this short amount of time, and it's basically almost happened here. They did call that. So um, you never know in the NBA. You truly, truly never know. Uh, this Lakers team obviously has been through a lot of injuries. Their uh, role players aren't as solid. Andre Drummond has not looked good, which – Sucks to say as a UConn fan because I used to consider him a top center in the league, but obviously if uh, he's on a team with other good players, he doesn't look so great. So Andre Drummond uh, not looking good. AD hopefully coming back into form. Uh, and who knows if LeBron will be there for the playing games ha um, if the Lakers do get there. But nevertheless, um, if they remain where they are, a tough matchup in the first round with the Clippers, their crosstown rivals. Obviously, a travel, um, travel list series there. Uh, they'd stay in the same building, just switch locker rooms. Uh, who knows? Maybe even the NBA wouldn't let them switch locker rooms. It doesn't even make sense. They should just, <laughs> um, you would think they would have their own separate locker rooms, and when yeah. the visiting team comes, they use the opposite locker room. I, I don't know. <laughs> you would think, though, uh, just like you would think, but you'd be surprised. I don't know. I feel like it could be the other way around. Um, uh, all right, so after this next ad, we run you guys from Clovercrest Media. We're going to get into our third and final topic of the day, and it's going to make Isaiah happy because we're talking about the Knicks. So uh, we'll be right back after this ad. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yeah. to the city. Keys 
And crossed up by Kobe, will flow to Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. But speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. All right. It's time to talk about the Knicks. Um, last night, they clinched their first winning season in nearly a decade. And you Hi. see Isaiah dancing right there. I can only imagine how Knicks fans are feeling after almost a decade of atrocious basketball. They are back to being decent. We want the Nets. <laughs> we want the Nets. <laughs> and that is the craziest thing I have ever heard. So, Isaiah... Continue on. Let's see. What are the what's the Knicks ceiling? What's the ceiling? Uh, it, that's very very hard to say. When you have young talent like they have playing the way they're playing, and when you have veterans around them like Derrick Rose and, and and Taj Gibson who are helping these young players come along in big spots. And, and first of all, before I go any further, Derrick Rose, I want to. He's been probably the biggest trade acquisition in the last couple of years. You, I've never seen anyone come into a team. The Knicks are like 21 and 8 now with him. He's made big plays down the stretch. He has really kept this team afloat. And I think he's probably he's probably playing better this first, excuse me, his second stint than he did his first stint with the Knicks. And I thought he played very well yeah. with the Knicks the first time. So that, when you when you throw all that in together and then you mix in that and next year, you know you're gonna get players back. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a Mitchell Robinson back. You're going to have players who are gonna be in their second year, Obi Toppin, Manuel Quickly, who will now have a year under them and Barrett and Randall, who are coming to into their own, you're talking about a team that could possibly be competing for a very long time in the playoffs in the East and possibly creating their own superstars as opposed to going out and getting superstars. And then you throw in trade speculation and rumors of getting a Damian Lillard, and then this team could be really, really good. So the ceiling is, is tremendous for the Knicks right now. If they can continue to keep it um, afloat and, you know, keep everything going without being this functional Knicks that they normally are. Sean, what's your ceiling for the Knicks? Is it like Isaiah's or is it a little lower? Um, I mean, for his ceiling for going forward, I, I do kind of agree with that. They do have a young core that uh, really has developed. Uh, or, I mean, in, into the year they developed a lot, especially R.J. Barrett, you know, finally hitting some big shots. Julius Randle, obviously, having a tremendous season. And then Derrick Rose, you can't say enough about the impact that he's had on this team. Um since he's been traded over, I didn't think that Derrick Rose had it in him, but he, he proved us wrong, especially last night, having a season-high 25 points and a bunch of big shots down the stretch against the Grizzlies. Um, they've they've been tremendous, really, not just the defense, too. It's been the offense. They I think they moved up to fourth in the league in three-point shooting. Uh, over this, you know, 13-game streak, they've been uh, just doing a lot on offense that I didn't expect them to do. So uh, a lot of props to them and Tom Thibodeau for what they've done. I, I think that going forward, they're definitely a team that could make some moves in the east especially if they do get a big name um and either free agency or trade but uh for this year i i think you know they have surprised me uh and especially as of late they've been playing tremendous basketball i think that they definitely can get out of the first round and i think they will but uh and i i think they're going to be that four or five seed even if they fall to the five seed i still see them winning the first round but they would have to run into a number one seed after that so i unfortunately i that's where i see it ending for the knicks um as great as they've been playing I think they can give the Sixers a pretty good series. Um, I maybe 
six games, maybe even push it to seven with their great defense. But I don't see them getting past the Sixers. And and for the Nets, I just I think the Nets have too much star power. I know that their defense has struggled, but once the uh, the playoffs comes around and the, their defense turns on a little bit more, I just think that the superstars are going to win out and eventually beat the Knicks. So. I think the Knicks, they've had a great run, and I think that going forward, they're definitely a team to look to uh, in the Eastern Conference. But for this year, I, I don't see them getting past the second round. If the Knicks get to the Eastern Conference Finals, y'all will have to cancel that show that week. Y'all won't even want me on that show for that week. No, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take we'll it. have three topics. It'll be Knicks, Knicks, and Knicks. That's all we need because if they get to the Eastern – you got to understand, this is a team that played the 76ers and both times lost by one possession. And that team, to me, was an immature and, and and not as ready team. I think the Knicks, within that stretch they had, they've jumped leaps and figured out how to close games. I think they had an issue before where they didn't know how to close games or who was going to close games. Was it going to be Burks? Was it going to be Randall? Was it going to be RJ? And I think they solved that issue along the way last month. And I think that's going to make a huge difference in the playoffs as opposed to before. I think – if they fall into a situation where it comes down to one possession, I think the Knicks could pull it out this time. I think they've shown it over and over time, again that they have the I, balls to do it now. Yeah, I, I think they could definitely do that for a game or two. That's why I said I think they could push to six or seven. I just in a seven game series, I just don't see them winning the whole thing. But I, I could be wrong because I, I I'll be honest, the Knicks have surprised me as of late, and I, I we kind of been tearing them down on the show. But I I they they really have been looking good as of late. I I, I have nothing bad to say about the Knicks. Yeah, and that's the thing. They've been playing very well as of late. Um, obviously, Isaiah mentioned 21-8 and eight since acquiring Derrick Rose, which is absolutely phenomenal. But there's that deep, deep uh, fear of the Knicks just crumbling like they always have uh, deep inside. And I, I don't wish that upon Zay. I really don't, even though it sounds like I do. That feeling's, that feeling's not here no more. Honestly, I've had that feeling with other coaches. I just don't get that feeling with Tibbs. You feel like I feel like for some reason when the Knicks lose a game now, I'm not worried about the long stretches of of losing games. I'm I'm I feel they're gonna get it back going. I, Tibbs has instilled that confidence in in New York, I guess, to make us feel that this team actually has it. I don't like I said I'm not I'm not wishing champ. I, I want a championship. Don't get me wrong. That would be the greatest story in sports history if the Knicks won a championship this year. Derrick Rose and Thibodeau finally get it done in New York. It'd be the greatest story we've ever heard. Julius Randle resurrection. Probably not going to happen, but again, it's it's a possibility. I think we have to, to keep it open. That, that team has a ton of firepower, a ton. You talk about kids like Quickly who could get hot and change a game. He could completely change a game from three-point line, unlimited range. It, that team, bro, is loaded, bro. Yep. They still had Robinson. Robinson might be back for the playoffs. That's another thing you have to factor in. Nerlens Nerlens Noel is a beast too on defense. Great offseason pickup, probably the best offseason pickup we've had in years. I um, I will say, uh, if you can slow down Joel Embiid, that is a scary way to beat the 76ers, but as short as possible. Um, but you know, there's not even a guarantee that they'll get by Atlanta in the first round. But like like we've been saying. Atlanta's hot too. I think the Knicks would win, but the I definitely yeah, just Atlanta's hot. Yeah. I I get nervous when I play them. You, you get worried. You get worried about your team playing down the competition and stuff like that. So you get nervous. Yeah, but they nah. could play anyone from really Boston, Miami, and Atlanta in that first round. Um, they could even slip down to six and play Milwaukee in the first round, which would be kind of scary. Well, and you I, know, it's, 
I don't think you. I don't think you want to run to Miami. I think you want to let Miami face the Nets in the second round. I think you want to stay where you're at. Let Miami possibly face the Nets in the second round because I think Miami is a team that's just underachieving. I don't think they're horrible. I think they're underachieving. I think if they could take the Nets seven games, I could see it happening. A lot of uh, teams in the East here, down towards the bottom, been underachieving this year, and that's including the Boston Celtics. So, um, very interesting Eastern Conference playoff uh, to come. Uh, obviously, it'll be very exciting on the Western Conference side too. We are getting closer and closer. Can't wait for our playoff shows to happen. That will be a lot of fun. I plan on um, doing a little preview on every single series. So if you guys are up for that, that sounds pretty fun to me. Do a bracket. Let's um, do an NBA bracket. Man, you can fill it out. You don't ever see losers, everything. Like do everything. Let's do a playoff bracket. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So uh, playoff race heating up. More NBA basketball to come uh, this week, obviously. And then the first half of next week before the playoffs start. Don't forget to like the Posting Up podcast on Facebook and subscribe to Clovercrest Media Group on YouTube. And uh, visit our website to listen to the multiple podcasts we do have. Not just sports, plenty of great podcasts on Clovercrest. So check us out, YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook for Isaiah, uh, King's A, Sean Scanlon, Big Jace behind the uh, scene. This is the Posting Up podcast. Peace. Peace.